Hello. Hi. Welcome. To X to the Zenio. We are recording on a Saturday because we tried on our traditional Tuesdays and that did not work. No, we got dogs. We did. <laughs> we got a little crazy. Um, but we are also um, maybe taking a third every three week thing. Like yeah. we're just not. And we, I, I, I would apologize, but I'm not going to apologize for not making content. Like, we've got a ton of content. If you guys want to listen, there are tons of episodes. Yeah, to catch definitely go look into the archives of it. You no, know, just seasons changing, life changing, different right? plans being made. So it looks like we're going to start doing maybe like an every, every three weeks. Every three weeks, yeah. Kind of more recording. Absolutely. Right? And then, changes. yes. Uh, so there are things coming, and, and we will talk about that as they evolve, but... Um, Kat had a great topic uh, to talk about. So Jealousy. Be jealous. Don't be jealous. Maybe be jealous. Why, why is that such a dirty word? Jealousy is an interesting thing, right? So talk a little bit about like where your head was at when you were talking about or thinking about jealousy. So I was thinking about this topic just because, well, I'm going to pick off social media as per my norm. Don't worry, it's common, folks. Um, so, but like that jealousy envy, right, it's always kind of in the back of my head of what's presented in our society. But I did have, you know, an incident happen um, within the dating realm, which kind of like piqued my my thoughts on jealousy okay. again, right? And um, and then there's like childhood stuff about jealousy, and then there's like the whole Christianity thing about jealousy, right? It's true. So I got a lot of I think about it all the time. Yeah. Uh, so that said, are you a traditionally jealous person? Like, are you somebody who? will get, you know, kind of bajiggity about a partner if they're talking to somebody else or phone things or no. No, I'm like really easygoing and secure. Um, so I just figure it if you if you want over there, just let me know and go over there. Sure. I'd rather that happen. Yeah. Um, and then I just I love other women. So sure. I'm like very pro woman. I'm like, you get it, girlfriend. So I'm just not yeah, that's not, it's not, it's not your MO. Yeah. Um, to be that. And even on social media, yeah, maybe like images, like, oh, I'm so jealous of that person's vacation. And they're an influencer. So they're probably actually not on vacation. It's probably just a green screen. Right. But that said, yeah, jealousy. So and there was an, an incident. So I'm going to uh, share a story of uh, the dating world, the, yeah. the dating situation of the world. So a while back, I had uh, started seeing someone, and he was super nice, super kind, super friendly, super great human, right? Yeah. Just having a lot of fun, like, dating, maybe seeing each other once a week. Um, just having a lot of fun, you know, told my friends about him, like, hey, you know, I met someone, he's really great, he's really sweet, he's really nice, attentive, yeah. all the good things. So, that was fantastic. Well, then, he, had, he called me, and he had told me when we first, you know, this whole thing lasted maybe a month. Uh, or a month and a half. You yeah. Know, I just recently was divorced. You know, I asked how recent, you know, five months. I was like, ooh, well, that's real recent. Put a pen in it. Like, hey, you were divorced once, Kat. You know how this shit show goes. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. sure. Like, and moving on. So, called me, you know, broke up with me. My, I was like, you know, I'm just in a bad place. I need to go to therapy. I, I, I have an appointment coming up this week. You know, I'm just not ready for this. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, let me just support you because you're so honest and open. Absolutely. I understand. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. Put a pen in it. You told me I didn't have expectations. So 
go on, be blessed, figure your life out. And I love that he like said words and he yeah. was very direct. Um, and you had said when you had told me about him that it was very casual and it was like not a big deal at all and whatever. And then hey. even when he had called and said, cause we had recorded that night, um, Hey, I, this isn't working and I just need to work on myself. So you were like, dope. I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. Yes, absolutely. I was like, proceed with your happiness. Yeah. Please. Good luck to you, sir. That's awesome. So. Flash forward a little, like a, like a month and a half later. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm uh, hanging out with my girlfriend. Yeah. And she's amazing. I love her. Sweetest woman. Um, we just have such a great friendship. I have so much respect for her. And we have a really respectful relationship with one another, which I, I so appreciate. And so we're having dinner, and she says, I, I need to talk to you about something. And I was like, oh, okay. And I kind of get heart palpitations when people say that. Right, like, so, we need to talk? Like, yeah. that gives you a feeling. It gives me, like, a lot of feelings, actually. It makes my blood pressure escalate beyond belief because I'm like, I oh, got the fuck, what is this bad? Because I always feel like it's followed with, like, bad news. Yeah. Right? Which like, is weird. Like, it's a weird response because we are high communicators and... But we need to talk. Like, that's not a conversation you and I would have. We would right. just talk. I'd just be like, you want to some blah, 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 blah. And then I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody could just see what just happened, that would have been really interesting. But anyway, go ahead. So, I was like, oh, okay. So, like, right, elevated. Um, at right away, blood pressure. I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? Um, and this was while you were having dinner. This is while we were having dinner, right? Okay. And I'm like shoving my face full of food. Like, I aren't talking about but my blood pressure is up. And so she's like, well, I, I met someone, you know, about like a month ago, a month and a half ago, and we've been seeing each other, and it's going great. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Blood pressure starts going down. Yeah. I was like, oh, hell, and me and my triggery words. And so um, she's like, yeah, but I need to talk to you because you know them. And I was like, oh, Azus? Well, and you talk to your friends when you're, you know, on the dating apps. And so those of us who have been on the dating apps, not that I'm on them right now, but we all kind of have different tastes. And so we don't necessarily like the same people. And right. yeah, we all have the same flavor. And I've seen who she's dated in the past. Yeah. She's seen who I've dated in the past, right? And we have like a little bit different in flavor, maybe some like overhang mesh, you know, people sure. are people. Yeah. You know, you don't have to. Well, and the Albuquerque dating pool is very, very small. Mas pequito. And so that said, I was like, uh, okay, like, oh. And she's like, and you know them, but we we just kind of figured that out, like, on our last date. Because I took him to this place where you had taken me, and we had, like, such a good girlfriend night. And so I took him there sure. to share that place. Um, and your name came up, and then it turns out you know them. And, I, okay. and I'm like, at this point, like, I have, like, sweat dripping, like, my palms are sweating. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, who is it? Like, where do we share commonality and I'm like That's where's the overlap right and I'm like I don't understand and well then just thinking too like dating like who would have been super important you know that this this would have cost her to duress or sure. like, a conversation I'm like Joe an absolute fucking blank. I right. was like, I got no idea. Like, my head thought my ex-husband maybe, but I was like, I don't know. That's not that doesn't seem like a good fit, but sure. okay. Um so I was like, just tell me because she's using words and I'm all in my head. <laughs> I was right. like trying to just think. And so she said the name and I was like, oh my gosh, he's so nice. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Go forth, proceed, like have a good time, sweetest human. Like 
I'm so happy for you. He's going to yeah. treat you so respectfully, so kindly. You have my blessing. Like, don't even sweat it. Don't even worry. Super casual. Yeah. Like, just don't even. Like, be happy. See your bliss. Like, I'm really happy for you. Yeah. Okay. Close up conversation. Like, we have, well, we talked more, but, you know, then moved on with our topic and I just sure. shut in my face. So, that said, walking away, I thought of the topic. Okay. Okay. Because, like, I just started processing because I'm a high content processor and I need to check me. Yeah. Because I'm responsible for me, what goes on in my head, my thoughts, my feelings, all the things. Sure. Right? And I was like, how do I feel about this? Like, blessing, yes. My instant reaction was like, that's fucking awesome. Yep. Um, and then I was like, how do I feel about this, though? And I spent a good amount of time processing it because I didn't want anything to be there. Yeah. And then bleed into my friendship because I value that friendship so much that I was like, you need to really thoroughly... Check yourself. Check yourself and make sure you are ab fab fine okay. with this, right? So I did. So I chewed on it, chewed on it, chewed on it, chewed on it. Chewed because on you it. are a perseverator and you do a lot of things well, but perseverating is one of them. Oh, it sounds so cool. <laughs> that was fabulous. So I persevered, persevered. And I was like, I'm just not jealous. Like, okay. I just don't feel insecure by this. I don't feel like I want that human that she's with. Sure. Yeah, there's no jealousy here. Okay. But then that led me to the topic. Right. Because jealousy happens. Like For sure. Some people would be like, absolutely not, come unglued. Or they'd say, yeah, I'm absolutely fine with it, walk away. Mm-hmm. And then realize, and then that jealousy, the green demon, would come in and start the like mental mind fuck of like, actually, that's not fair. But then the comparison. So that's the only thing I could think of was like comparison. Mm-hmm. And that's not a jealousy issue. When I went through it, I was like, you know what? These are the facts. That's a better fit age-wise, temperament-wise, personality-wise, this, that, and the other. And I was like, yeah, with me, no, not a good fit at all. Sure. Right? Different. Not not on the same conscientious level. Nope, not on the same, like, age level. Nope, not on the same. You know? And I was like, okay. Fact check's done. Mm -hmm. But in the past. Yeah. Okay. Before I was like a fully formed human. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, not at this point in your evolution, certainly. Just not at this point. But when I flash back to like my 20s, my mm-hmm. early 20s, right? Yeah. Like. Before you got married, all the things. All the things, right? Like way back in the yonder of baby times when my prefrontal lobe wasn't even only fully functioning. Sure. I would have been. I would have been detrimentally jealous. I would have napalmed my friendship. I would have just gone completely not okay. Yeah. Right? Because I would have have internalized that, right? Mm. As there's something wrong with me. Oh, love that. Okay. I mean, don't love that for you, but really recognizing that that's a thing that has happened in the past and certainly how you have felt. Right. In the past, you know party show up and the guy that I was like thought I was dating is like making out with some girl over there in front of everybody on the kitchen table and I'm right. like but I thought we were doing a thing and I thought you liked me and you slut you know I liked him you right. know and, 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 and just externally you know have that so just no just kind of uh, anyway so my whole person thoughts you know yeah they it just led me to being like what a difference in how to like think of things in maturity and growth. Well, and I think like maturity is is a big piece, but you know, but also recognizing yes, what was a fit wasn't a fit, and what's good for me. Absolutely. So jealousy is such an interesting thing. I have 
when we talked about the non-monogamy stuff, like I'm just not a jealous human, um, generally. And I'm not the kind of person that like wants the latest car or wants because somebody else has it, or you had mentioned like influencers and vacations and blah, blah, blah. If I want a thing, I make myself, I do what I need to do to get there. Right. Um, and career, any of those things, like I have never been the kind of person that looks at what other people have and want wanted that. Right. What I would say is that I am more inclined to see something and be motivated right. to then get that for myself. Um, I think maturity, one, there's an age maturity, but then there's also a an awareness. That being said, I think that age maturity is part of it. And then also just paying attention to um, really looking at what I love that, that you did is you fact checked it through where you really looked at like, well, it's a better fit for them. Yeah. If he wants to be with someone else, I love that for them. And my friend is awesome. She's amazing. Right. She deserves to be happy. For sure. And I think that's the other thing to pay attention to when it comes to dating. But we had also talked about how our society and certainly social media creates this um, energy of wanting what other people have. And I talk a lot to clients about this um, on two levels. One, certainly with infidelity, there is a level of that self-comparison of am I not enough, right? And that's what that 20-year-old was saying because that's how I was raised. Sure. Never enough. Look, I got A's. Oh, well, why aren't you on the honor roll? Yep. Look, I ran the track meet. Why didn't you get first? I was never enough to my family, mm -hmm. right? So then, boop, shoot me out into my adulthood. 20-year-old, I'm still thinking I'm not enough. Right. You know, I, I still feel as though I have to prove these things. And thank goodness somewhere in my 20, later 20s that just fucking all ended. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, and I think it's interesting because I think in, in relationship especially is where we see more um, jealousy. And, and jealousy comes from that insecure place, for sure. But it also comes from a place of scarcity or limited resources. Um, so if I don't have enough love and somebody is giving their love to someone else, then I must not be enough, right? That insecurity message happens. Um, when I talk with couples who, where there has been infidelity, more often than not, it doesn't it sometimes can be there. You're not getting your needs met in the relationship, but it can also be that like grass is greener on the other side. Like somebody else is hitting on me and I could potentially have this hotter partner or, you know, get these other things. Right. They have resources. But think about that idea of scarcity. Mm -hmm. I talk with clients a lot about if they're focused on what they don't have and not doing the work to get it then they are just living in, in that scarcity. They're living in that fear of not having enough. So enough is still the, the motivating factor, right. but it does really, you know, kind of happen. Now, admittedly, and, and we've certainly talked about it in the past, like I am not a traditional monogamous human. I just don't, my life doesn't work that way. Um, I have learned over time and being in relationships that I can get my needs met from a lot of different sources. Right. Like as much as I love going to this store, I will also go to this other store because they have better blah, blah, blah thing. Right. Um, that being said, 
you know, even with my friendships, like I have a lot of different friends that serve a lot of different needs. Um, And so I'm not traditionally the kind of person that monogamy works for, because even in, I mean, I would say like not just sex, but like when it comes to relationships, I'm probably more of a poly person who would have multiple love relationships with multiple people. Right. Because I can get love from a lot of sources. Right. And love, and we're talking about like amorous attention, (laughs) (laughs) not just sex, uh, though that's fine too. Like I'm not going to freak out. And and that has come with, with time and maturity where I realize I am a top tier human. Yeah, he is. Well, and you know, we talk a lot about like being confident, which is not, you know, I'm also very humble and, and gracious. Yes. I realize that I bring a lot of things to the table. I have a really successful career. I have uh, financial resources. I have an abundance of love. I, you know, come with all of these things. I have interests. I have friends. I have a very full and beautiful life. If I don't fit into or complement your life mm-hmm. and you want something else, go get it. I love that for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the secure. Because you're right. safe and secure. I am 100% secure because I've created my own security. Exactly. And human beings, we are not raised to feel secure. Mm-hmm. And certainly in our society today, with social media and all the things, we are not raised, or we are not even exposed to consistent not security. Enculturated. Right. Would that be the word? Acculturated. Acculturated. Yeah. yeah, no, it's just not part of how... Our Western American society works. Because we're a consumeristic, capitalistic society. And there's always something better. Because there's always an upgrade. Mm -hmm. Up, gonna upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. Oh, you need a new phone. Oh, you need a... That's the constant message. Sure. And that that capitalist... um, And there's nothing wrong with capitalism. I think it's fine. Um, But it is something to consider that we often are inundated with messages that we can always have better or do better. Right. That being said, um, I think I was talking in the last iteration of trying to record this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, right? Well, yeah, anyway, that um, I listen to a lot of nonfiction books um, when I work out. And so I recognize that human beings generally will change partners more often when they are just we evolve and change. Like I have talked about the fact that you should probably renegotiate a relationship every five years. And so the, um, the book that I was listening to is actually talking about three to four years when we took development. I think mm-hmm. they talked about the seven year itch. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting. So the book is called anatomy of love by Helen Fisher. Um, and it's more of an evolutionary psych kind of nonfiction book that talks about love as human beings looking through the lens of mating and pair bonding across species, which is really kind of interesting in terms of animals. It's fascinating. Um, But when we took development a long time ago, they said that the seven year mark is when people would maybe stray or evaluate. I had said every five years, what she's saying is every three to four years is where we are seeing more divorce and, um, certainly more challenges that come up in relationship. 
And did she say why it's like at that three or four? Is it because every day we're growing, changing, learning? We're just changing every day. I'm not the same person I was yesterday. I learned stuff yesterday. I don't know what yet. I haven't cognitively processed that shit, but... Well, it's interesting. So what she's saying is, yes, that's part of it, but from an evolutionary perspective... Um, a lot of other animals go through estrus or mating periods and human beings don't, we don't have that. Um, so there's the societal component that says you meet one person, you stay with them forever. They are your main support and resources to raise children. What we know to be true is that's not necessary anymore. Right. I mean, certainly in a two person working household Single moms are definitely a thing. Single dads are a thing. Like we don't need to rely on each other the way we used to for resources to raise children. Right. So that's one component. The other component is that we don't have the same level of attention or need to stay in a long-term relationship with that same intention. Okay. So if we think about... What she said was like first marriages usually end in three or four years, Mm -hmm. not exclusively and obviously not across the board, but that's one of the things that we've been tracking. The other thing is that you have a baby and that's one of the most stressful things that happens in a relationship. Yeah. A little creature you got to keep alive. Absolutely. That being said, one of the things that changes when we have little humans is our attention is diverted from our primary partner to a child, because as females and primary nurturers, that's where our attention goes. That being said, our bodies also change. All of those things happen. So in the first three years of having a child, so many things change, including that I am not as attentive to your needs, partner, and I am not going to feel sexy and want to attract you and all those things what i'm hoping is that you are going to stay because we've made this human together wow and it makes sense completely but the other thing is that if my partner is not getting their needs met they're not getting attention they're not getting sex they're not getting you know validation or whatever it is your partner gives you behavior there's a lot of stress absolutely i am going to get that from someone else Mm -hmm. And so it's not, there's a lot of layers to this, but it's not that someone can take your man. Someone could take your man and you could be hot as fuck and make all the money and do all the crazy things in the bedroom. Somebody can take your man because your man can be taken. Right. And that's going to be true for your woman too. Mm -hmm. And part of that is we are not made, and this is my own perspective, but also the evolutionary psychology information tracks. We are not made to be stuck with one human forever. I have never experienced forever. Have you ever experienced forever? No, I haven't lived forever though. Right, because forever (laughs) doesn't actually exist. It doesn't in that existential component of the things we, this this will all end, so nothing is really. Right, now, there are lots of people that stay together forever and they stay married and they're very happy and yeah. blah, 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 blah. My grandparents. And I love that. Sweet ditty, but they didn't bear bond to have kids. They pair bonded to have fun because they had already raised their children. See? So, and so this was second marriage for both of them? Second marriage. Okay. Children are fully raised. Mm-hmm. They're in their 40s when they met. Right. Fell absolutely in love. He actually left, divorced his ex-wife for my grandma because, well, she won't go and go in that marriage. 
Um, and met my grandma at a dance, and he came and asked her to dance, and she was like, okay, next day, sent her flowers, and they're in their, like, eight, late 80s and early 90s. But that tracks, right? So didn't meet each other to raise a family together. Mm-hmm. They didn't, they weren't brought together with that initial early 20s mentality of resources. Yeah, they already had their own resources. Exactly. They came into it with resources shared those resources with one another and grew a life together with one another. Right. So one of the things that Helen Fisher talks about is that second marriages tend to last longer. Mm -hmm. um, And obviously third and fourth marriages, depending on the thing. But it is in our nature to want to connect. It is in our nature to want to bond with someone else. Um, And if the, the motivation is not resources, but companionship, fun, you know, other things, then yes, that relationship will tend to last longer. That's awesome. But when we are inundated with that scarcity mentality of there's always something better on the other side, the grass is greener, the, you know, the the life is better. I need, you know, I'm in this marriage. My husband doesn't work. We have a kid now. I'm working. I'm raising this kid. It's feeding off my body. Right. I need, I need, I need, I need. It's the wanting. Yeah. It's the wanting. It's the need. It's those Maslow's hierarchy of like, I'm not getting these needs met. Well, well, the very base of um, hierarchies or Maslow's <laughs> hierarchy of needs is safety and security. So that takes us back to the idea of feeling secure. Right. And humans aren't raised to feel secure. No. I mean, Certainly with like, and we've talked about like social media, but the idea of scarcity is really a challenge because oftentimes we are always inundated with the idea that there's something better on the other side or someone has something better or, you know, someone has a sexier partner or they're getting, they're getting other needs met that I'm not getting met. Right. But has that person, when they're looking at those needs, identified that that's actually a need that does need to be filled in expressing, in in fact-checking that? Because I think, too, yeah, we're human beings. I'm sorry. Like, none of us can shut off checking out a hot human. I can check out hot girls. I check out hot guys. I check everybody out. I'm like, hot is hot, so yes. Hot is hot. Like, well, and and, and just attractive. Mm -hmm. Like, not even like, you know supermodel or whatever and perfect it's you know just checking everybody out but have they I think it's when you look at oh that person's really hot oh maybe my partner's not I don't know if that just because they're hot that's the need that needs to be fulfilled like Like, not at all it's not a real thing no because your partner over here is like I love you to death I rub your feet I give you kisses I warm up your car do all the good things Right. Well, and I think like that's the other thing about pair bonding in general is when our needs are met, let's start there, with security. If I am securely, if I'm secure in my basic needs, but also my uh, partner needs and all the things, even if somebody's attractive, I'm not going to go seek that out. Right. You're like, because attractive is relative, yes. first of all. And also, um, I feel like, this is my own theory, yeah. the more attractive a person is, the less personality they have. <laughs> Because if they've always known they're attractive, like... They just don't have to work so hard. Well, there's not a whole lot there, but... Vapid? (laughs) A little bit. Not exclusively, you know, but I think, too, like, if if really thinking about, like, conversations that you and I have had, right? right? Like, um, 
if somebody is getting their needs met, so they are, um, you know, somebody's warming up their car, somebody's taking them on vacation, or they're doing partner things. Like, I love that for you Mm -hmm. because I have a really cool and full life. Like, I, and if I wanted those things, I would have to seek out someone to do those things with me. Right. Or just do them yourself by yourself. Well, and I do them for myself and by myself all the time. But that's, that's that scarcity mentality of I don't have those things, right? Right. If I want a better job, I go out and get a better job. If you want more money, yeah. I go out and make more money. Right. So those, if I know and I'm secure enough in myself and my abilities, Mm -hmm. if I want something, I think that jacket's really cute. Where'd you get it? I'll fucking get it myself. Right. But I'm not going to then sit here and feel sad about the fact that you have a better jacket than I do. Right. Like, oh, that jacket, the longing Mm -hmm. that comes with the jealousy, that resentment that can build from jealousy. Yep. Have we even talked about the resentment part yet? No. I mean, I think that's the other piece that's pretty significant when it comes to wanting these things from other people is, or that other people have things that I don't have. It is really recognizing that there is always going to be something that somebody has that I don't have, but if I'm not worried about what I don't have, then I'm not worried about it. And that's why you teach that skill to your clients, and that's why that's an important skill of like, why don't you reflect, put in front of the mirror, what are the things that you have and start to freaking appreciate them. Absolutely. Because you've worked for them. Yeah. Do you realize the work that you put in to have your car? Yeah. Not everybody has a car. Well, and, and not everybody wants a car, right. but, but you know, we, ha- we have that idea of you're so lucky yeah. and that's that scarcity mentality. Whereas like, I'm, I'm not lucky. Like I don't believe in luck. First right. of all, I believe in manifesting and I believe in working hard. Yep. That's what I believe in. I don't believe that it is the luck of the draw that I have the life that I have. Mm-hmm. And certainly, you know, that I've had the relationships or partners that I've had. I've put investment and time, energy into those relationships to have them. Right. And I do teach that, that gratitude, mindful mentality of be grateful for what you have and then you'll have more. If you focus on the lack or the scarcity, then you'll have less. Right. Because if you're only focused on this bottomless pit of I don't have, and you're not using that energy to make more, have more, get more education, get more, get a better job, ask for that promotion, all of those things, then yes, you will always have less. And that is where jealousy comes from. (laughs) But really, I mean, thinking about relationships and, and so to go back to infidelity, for example, um, you know, infidelity happens sometimes because your needs aren't getting met or sometimes because, you know, the grass grass looks greener on the other side or, um, you know, you, you feel as though, that other person can give you things that you're not getting. Right. It's a perception. It's not a fact. So I love the fact that you fact checked it, right? You were like, well, you know, he's not a really good fit for me in terms of the things that we have in common and don't have in common. He's a much better fit for my friend. That works. Right. When someone is cheated on Mm -hmm. and we've both been cheated on, um, it comes from that perception of what are our values and goals in terms of this relationship, right? Right. If you and I have agreed to only have sex with each other, right. 
then that is an agreement that we have made. We've set an expectation for one another. Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation. Hopefully that happens. Right. Some people don't have a conversation about monogamy or exclusivity. It's getting more common now, but you know, certainly 50 years ago or 100 years ago, there was an expectation in, I can only speak for my culture and my perception, <laughs> but you know, my parents got married and my mom had an expectation of monogamy and exclusivity. Right. My dad, being the Latino male that he was, did not have that same expectation. Oh, really? <laughs> like he just didn't, right? Like right. men of, you know, my dad was born in 45. They just were like, yes, I have a wife and I have a marriage, but I also have fun on the side because that's what I can do. Right. And my mom did not have that expectation, right? Getting married in the Catholic church, monogamy and exclusivity was built into the contract supposedly. Yes. Right. And so she held that belief, whereas my dad did not. Right. And that was fine for him in his expectation because, again, the conversation never happened. Right. Now, when my dad proceeded to cheat on my mom several times for a long time, uh, yeah, there was talk of divorce. And I don't know because I was very young when that conversation happened. And also when he died, like had he lived, we may have had a lot of conversations about what was your expectation of monogamy and exclusivity and what was your motivation for having these side relationships or doing these other things? Because I would be curious about that. Um, whereas my mom held a lot of resentment and anger. And that resentment piece is significant because really thinking about it was more about the betrayal than it was about sleeping with somebody else. It wasn't about the sex. It was about the hurt that was caused from like, hey, you were doing that with somebody else and my needs weren't met. Yeah, no? Maybe. Yeah, no. Or just the expectation. My mom had an expectation that I married you in the church under the eyes of God we have these children. But if you don't have the conversation, you can't set the expectation. Well, and, and okay, so to go back to when my mom found out, it was about resources. Because yeah. my dad was paying for someone else's clothes or something on the credit card bill. I remember that. I was like seven. But it was about resources. Your resources, okay, so time and money, yeah. both resources. Yeah. If you're spending time with someone else and if you're spending the money that you work on to make you know, uh, paying for us, but also paying for somebody else, like that's taking from me. I'm coming from that scarcity mentality of I don't have enough. I'm staying home with these children. That's where the resentment I can imagine came from. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. And the betrayal of you're doing something behind my back. You didn't tell me. And these conversations now that you and I are having about what are your expectations for this relationship? Right. If you expect that I will only have the sex with you and you know that sex is very important to me, then we should be having a lot of sex to meet both of our needs. Absolutely. If you are having the sex with someone else and you know that it's important to me and you're not having it with me and you're being unsafe with someone else, I'm going to have feelings about that. Right. But if you are having safe sex with other people and you still come to home to me and we spend time together and we've built a life together, that's dope as shit. And I love that for us. Right. So really recognizing those expectations and having clear conversations about if those expectations change. Right. And henceforth, stopping jealousy. Maybe. In theory. Depending on the person. And I think it's the person's temperament. Like we've been discussing how they feel secure and such in themselves. 
I don't know. I always like threaten it, but I could never do it. The open marriage, open relationship, polyamory. I know I threaten it all the time. It's just not my deal. <laughs> Who are you threatening it. with it? Like <laughs> on the podcast, our podlings have heard me be like, "I'm done with relationships," uh, and then I'm all like, "I got a boyfriend," and then I'm like, oh, "I'm done with relationships." I mean, it it is important to have these conversations at the beginning. There's so many conversations to have at the beginning of a relationship that include, you know, what are your thoughts on monogamy? Mm-hmm. How often do you want to have sex? What kind of sex do you want to have? Right. You know, if you're not having those conversations and then you get cheated on, and I'm not saying this is the reason people cheat. I'm saying right. it is a symptom of a much larger issue. Absolutely. One of those issues being every three or four years, you should have these conversations. You should be evaluating. And that is mind-blowing to me because I was doing research on, like, uh, relationships and how long they last. And actually, one of the things that they're finding, and I can't remember the researcher, it's a big one, and my brain's dead. Uh, it'll come to me. I don't think it was the Gottman. I don't think it was Love Institute. But they were talking about uh, millennials. And the millennials' relationships are actually lasting a lot longer. They're seeing, like, millennials' relationships are lasting about 11 years but they're saying that the reason being is because millennials are much slower to get into it. There's more conversation, there's higher dialogue, and there's more communication because of the cell phone technology. So I guess that's a perk of tech. Well, but and I also saying it's because of resources in our society. Yeah. And that we have a society where we know that everything is so much more expensive, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're finding that millennials are staying in relationships and marriages longer because they're actually not having children or they're delaying having children until they have the resources with which to do so. I love that. I know. I was like, mind blown. Because I, until you informed today of the three or four years, I was still in developmental psych over seven here years. with a seven-year itch, right? Yeah. Um, believing that, but then it's good to know that a generation is coming up, like is here and has come up with these different resources of communication and openness and, you know, whatever we're doing to model good communication to children is happening and working. That actually tracks when we think about the fact that millennials are staying in their nest longer. Yeah. Uh, because they want to have the resources to be able to live on their own and do those things. Mm-hmm. And certainly, you know, being somebody from Generation X who was like, well, this is just developmentally what we do, again, in this society, in this culture, is you get, you know, you graduate from high school, you go to college or you get a job, you find a partner, you get married, you have babies. If all of those things happen in order, and I'm using air quotes, because not a lot of those things happen in order. Right. Um, but, it, you know, we're looking at the fact that millennials, or I mean, uh, Gen Xers have had at least one or two marriages. Yep. Historically. Yep. So it is rare, unless you're, you're checking in with your partner regularly, unless you're both making resources, unless you're not, you know, relying on one person for those resources exclusively. So we're talking finances. We're talking, again, Maslow hierarchy of needs, right. safety and security, um, uh, having a, a stable place to live, um, having your uh, food, shelter, clothing, like that's the next one up. And so it really is interesting developmentally to look at how we get to that place because the next one after food, shelter, clothing is, you know, kind of a spiritual or, or larger intellectual knowledge base mm-hmm. and feeling secure there. And 
then the next one is like completely being self-actualized, which nobody is. I think we, we go up and down in, in that hierarchy of needs to be self-actualized is we, we have several evolutions through that cycle. But if we think about even a divorce, right? Both of us have been divorced. Um, we went back to safety and security. Mm-hmm. We went back to food, shelter, clothing, mm-hmm. and we did not go back immediately to relationship. No, I went back to our reset of where the hell am I going to live? Thank goodness I had, you know, done my education and had a career and had like those resources. But it was now yeah, the first thing I thought with my divorce was where am I going to live? Right. Like, where am I going to live? I don't have to worry about a job. I don't have to worry about money. But where am I moving to? Where am I living? Am I going to be by... And mine was like, am I going to be by myself? Uh, right. So in that living, and because that was scary for me, and I've talked about that on other podcasts, my developmental delay in living by myself. Um, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so to be clear, I just pulled up Maslow's hierarchy needs. Food, shelter, clothing is at the bottom. Uh, safety and security is next. Uh, belonging and love needs is the third one. Esteem needs, prestige, feeling, accomplishment. And so that gives us, you know, gets us right back to security. And so uh, food, shelter, clothing, probably first. Um, Safety and security is second, which is interesting because if we think about, you know, paleolithic, like, you know, hominids and all the things, like safety and security was first for them. Obviously, food, shelter, clothing, how do we live if we don't have those things? But feeling secure and safe from a saber-toothed tiger is one thing. Feeling secure and safe is not, again, what we're not teaching our little humans to feel secure in themselves at some point, and I can imagine it happens in adolescence, is that we don't feel secure and enough or we're not teaching that at the very basicest of levels. Right. So it's not a foundationally established feeling for individuals, and they just wander through life flexing, trying to figure that out. Well, and even feeling like with relationships. Absolutely. So when that relationship ends. Your dependency upon your safety coming from another person. Extender. Ex- I can't say it. My speech impediment. External. Thank you. I was, <laughs> but that external validation. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. That external validation of, you know, I, and, and we'll talk more about that when the codependency, you know, evolution happens, but, um, (laughs) really thinking about feeling secure and safe in any relationship when, what, what I heard friendship for sure, but even like in our, our, um, parent child relationship, if I don't feel secure and safe, if my, okay, so Food, shelter, clothing, if those needs are met, all of that is fantastic. And then to feel like I am enough because you have said to me and I have said to myself that I feel secure. (laughs) Sorry, guys. We had some technical difficulties. Um, This is our fifth track. This is our fifth track. We're Um, we're coming at you strong. We're actually (laughs) going to summarize because we're here at the end. We are. So the, the idea of security linked back to jealousy is if you do not feel secure and starting at very small, feeling secure that you're going to love me regardless. And the idea of unconditional love is a lovely idea. Yeah. It is an unrealistic expectation until you can maturely love yourself unconditionally. I just like hit me really hard. Did you just get some feel? I know. 
got a lot of feels. Gross. No, I'm fine. I'm not having that kind of feeling, but really thinking about that because I have gone, when we started talking about secure attachment and I changed my language to from, I have always been avoidant and anxious to, I am securely attached to myself. Mm -hmm. Then I could unconditionally love myself, which I have been working on for several months now. Now I just love Right? Now you are love. I just show up and I love and it's not conditional because my resources are met. Yep. My needs are like food, shelter, clothing, but also just securely attached to myself. Right. Like now I just show up in love. Right? Yeah. And I, I wasn't jealous before and I have never been like, I need the new iPhone and I need the bigger house and I need the blah, blah, blah. Right. If I want those things, I go and get them. Yep. And so I don't recognize myself as a as a jealous person right and you have said too even in this thing that happened you are securely attached to yourself yeah you meet your own needs you have your own resources so being in a relationship in an unconditional way which really thinking about unconditional is just accepting yeah and you're cool and i'm cool and let's hang out and spend time together right but it's not about, and, and really I've, I've been thinking about this because when I got married, I, all my needs were not met Right. in terms of like safety, security, food, shelter, clothing, all those things. Like I was meeting them at the very bare minimum. Right. Uh, but now I meet all of those needs. I love that. So when I want to be in relationship, it's going to be adding to what I already have. Right. I am not waking up feeling scarcity. Right. Not feeling like your cup needs poured in. Right. My cup is full. I have several cups, first of all. (laughs) We know that I like to have several drinks at a time. Uh, But all of my needs are met so that when I am in relationship with someone, it's just to add to that. Right. Dope. Despite our challenge technology-wise, like we full circled it. Yeah, boy, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this podcast again. We're sorry about the technology glitches. I don't know that you will even notice that. Hopefully, you don't. But we've got good sound, so that's Woo! good. Um, and we have a full podcast on jealousy, which I love for us. Yeah. Um, we are gonna uh, just quickly a little tiny Easter egg. I will eventually be doing a podcast exclusively on codependency. Now, Kat will definitely be joining me on some of them, but it will be uh, exclusive to codependency and codependency coaching. When that happens, that's all you get. We will talk to you soon. Enjoy the rest of your day, evening, morning, weekend, whatever you're doing. And we are X to the Zenial, the letter X, number two, T-H-E-X-E-N and I-A-L.